Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Morning, everybody. Morning. Doing good? Yeah. Praise God. Last time I asked that, I think three of you were doing good, but this time we had a better week, didn't we? All right. Um, last Sunday was kind of a bittersweet day for us as a church. Um, that was our send-off for Josh and Lisa Starbuck and Isaiah. If you guys are watching, we love you. Um, but but I just I wanted to just say to you guys that you did an amazing job honoring them very well and just making them feel loved and you know they're they're leaving with their their tanks filled their heart tanks filled um, so thank you guys for doing that I think that we should give each other a big round of applause for doing awesome being a loving family <clears throat> before I get into my message. Um, I want us to pray for a moment. Um, God's doing awesome things in the spirit right now, and I just I just want to drink of that again. And if you're if you're thirsty for more of His presence and you're able, I want you guys stand with me and just put your hands out in receive mode for just for a moment. There's there's more going on in the spirit realm than we know in our from our flesh realm. And I just, I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you will um, help tune us in in the Spirit, in our personal spirits with the Holy Spirit, to be able to sense what's going on in the Spirit realm, primarily what you're doing, Lord. <clears throat> thank you, Holy Spirit, for open heavens, and I thank you that you're here right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I, I've, I've honestly been just kind of experiencing a pretty distinct awareness of his presence today. Um, I sense him differently in different times, but like today, I, I actually have been uh, really sensing the, the, the person of the Lord, like the, the actual, kind of almost like the, the physical body, like... You know, sometimes we feel like a presence, like this this cloud or something, and like I'm talking like you know, head, shoulders, arms, legs, <laughs> like standing in here in our midst. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Holy Spirit, just show us more of of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you're here. I ask you just to move. I ask you to minister. I ask you to break chains. I ask you to open eyes, Lord, perform miracles, align belief systems, help us to align with you and your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. And if the, if the person next to you is willing to, if you guys could also either grab the hand of the person next to you or lay your hand on each other's shoulders or Upper back, like not lower back unless it's your spouse <laughs> or your kid, if they, if that's cool, but upper back is always a better place. And, and make sure nobody's untouched, all right, it, it, unless they just don't want that, and that's cool. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just start releasing the presence on each other. Thank you, Lord. Just, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just enter in, just in your faith, enter into the open heaven reality of God's presence and just start releasing that on each other. Thank you, Lord. Receive it by faith. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Yeah, Lord, we, we come into agreement with you that, that you bring your, your kingdom into our midst. And I, I know in the spirit that actually looks like something. 
It looks like something, Lord. It sounds like something. It feels like something. <laughs> More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Open heavens. <laughs> I've heard Bill Johnson say that the only place where the heavens are not open is between your ears. <laughs> That's because if you don't believe in it. <laughs> Thank you, God, for open heavens. Everybody say that. Open heavens. Thank God for open heavens. Thank you, Lord. Just tell him thanks for open heavens. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated, but, but um, stay connected in that, in that spiritual place. <clears throat> How many of you guys really want to be a kingdom people? Kingdom people. How many of you guys want to be kingdom of heaven people? Amen. And we are. But, but I want to say this, that um, you, you only get the, the flow and the benefits of the kingdom if you live a kingdom lifestyle. And a kingdom lifestyle is properly aligned with the kingdom ways. And we can, we can try to do kingdom all we want the way we want to. But if, if the way you want to is not the way he's designed it, it's not going to work. Okay, you guys know that? Like, th there's laws of the kingdom, and I'm not talking about old covenant religious laws. I'm just talking about, like, laws of nature. Like, there's ways. There's, there, there's, so, you, so, you reap what you sow, right? Like, you, you do things, and God responds in certain ways, and we, we posture ourselves. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, and they will see God. That's a, that's a kingdom law. You, 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 you do what causes that thing to happen? You get your heart pure. I mean, the way God purifies it, not the way religion does. Like pure, pure hearts actually cause you to be able to see God. That's a kingdom law. And so, like you, you can try to see God all you want with an impure heart, but that's not how it works. So there's there's laws like you do this, and this is the response of the kingdom, and that's just how it is, uh, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know. That's just the way, that's the way God designed it, and so you know my my job is to do the best I can to help us to understand the ways of the kingdom, and then it's your job to choose whether you're going to live out the ways of the kingdom or not. I mean, you know that it's just that's how it is, and then the kingdom shows up in response to faith and obedience, and and without faith and obedience, we are blocking the kingdom from flowing. That's just how it works. So I've been on a series um, for a while now, and, and it's, it's called the church, it's called the Ecclesia, God's version of the church, and so far we've been in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 19 for several weeks. This might be my last day on that one, but I thought that last time, and the, the revelation just keeps flowing, and uh, I don't know when we're done with it. I hope today it'll be a miracle, but I believe in miracles. But before we dive in, I actually want to—I um, want us to focus for a minute on Overflow's vision statement. And and if you guys can put that up there right now, um, I want us to read this together because I just think it's important that we that we are reminded of what God has called us to be and to do and to go after as a church. And we, we've talked about this vision statement many times over the years, but don't be surprised if we start talking about it a lot more, because we just need to keep honing in the vision, right? So in the Bible says, without a vision, people perish, and, or, you know, people are without restraint, it says. And so we, we want to hone in where we're headed. So why don't you guys actually read this with me? I'll just say on the count of three, one, two, three, boom, okay? Then after boom is when we start. You got it? So here we go. One, two, three, boom. Our vision is to advance God's kingdom on earth by hosting his presence and raising up a healthy family of powerful revivalists who are advancing the kingdom. Come on. That's a good vision statement. 
And I'm not going to preach on this today, but I do want to say that everything that we're going after, all the teachings we're doing, all the classes we're doing, every time that we're trying to do fellowship gatherings and different things, believe it or not, it's all actually with purpose with that. Even if it's a game night with, with potato chips and cookies, literally, like seriously, it actually fits with that because there's different holistic dynamics of creating the community that's going after this type of stuff. And so I just want you guys to know, like, we're not just flippantly, like, throwing together these different things. Like, we're, we're, we're actually doing it with purpose, but we're also realizing that it's important to keep reminding us as a body why we're doing things so that we know it actually is unto something greater than just showing up and doing the stuff. Amen? So, we're, you know, we're, we are here to advance God's kingdom, and there's so much about that. There's so much about every part of this. Right here on earth, we want to see God's kingdom advanced. Um, hosting his presence is the, I would say, the biggest, most important piece of this whole thing is presence. But with that, we're trying to raise up a healthy family. We believe that church is meant to be a family, and I know a lot of people have different ideas what family is. It's going to take a long time for us to really get like fully what that means, but we're not just trying to raise up a family. We're not just trying to do a church community, but we're trying to actually raise up a healthy family. Healthy family has lots of connotation. There's a lot of work that goes into healthy, and honestly, that's the piece right there that makes this job as slow as it is. Healthy. Because the Lord is actually, what, he's, what he does is he, he gathers a bunch of orphans <laughs> that, that he actually makes into sons and daughters. And, and as we come, become sons and daughters of him, then we start got to learn, learning what it means. Okay, if I'm a son and a daughter of God, and I'm with this other person who's a son or a daughter of God, now I got to learn what it means to be a brother or a sister. And, and so there's, there's me getting healthy with God, but then there's me getting healthy with other people. And that's the hard part. All right. Getting healthy. Put that back up, dude. <laughs> that wasn't a healthy move, man. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> How about I rebuke you in public? That'll be healthy leadership, right? I'm, I'm joking, dude. I'm joking, man. Healthy. The, like the, the thing is like the revelation of sonship and our identity in Christ. Um, the hard part of that is just wrapping your head around the fact that God thinks you're greater than you do and re- reframing your, your, your belief systems. But once you start getting it, it's like, whoa, like there's nothing I want more than to understand that. But when it comes to healthy with one another, it's like, oh, man, now I've got responsibilities to humble myself <laughs> a lot and again and again and again. And to, and to love well even when it hurts and stuff. So, like, that, that's the process of, you know, just growing and maturity in Christ and becoming disciples as a community. And so that's a process. But from there, like a lot of people, I think, when they get, when they get the revelation of what it means to be revivalist, and we, we see, like, opportunities to be ministers and, and walk in the anointing and the gifts of the Spirit and everything, like, that's awesome. But a lot of times people want that before they get the healthy part or the healthy family part. And, like, we, we actually want to do it so we, we have long-term vision. We want to do healthy so that when we have powerful revivalists, it's coming from healthy life, healthy heart, healthy family. Amen? Healthy covering, health, spiritual covering, powerful revivalists, who are, so that we're then all advancing his kingdom together. Amen? And God's got great plans for each person, and, and he, he's, like, his vision is actually to, to see, like, we call it revival, but really it's heaven on earth all over the globe and his, and his glory being manifested and us being ministers of his glory and, and all that stuff. But, but it's this process of him, uh, him doing this inner working with us in his presence and love and acceptance, making us healthy from the inside. Then we start learning how to get healthy together so that from there we can change the world together. Amen? Not as lone rangers but together is ecclesia, all right? And so I've been, I've been really going after this concept of ecclesia. It's God's version of the church because I, wanna, I just want to help us 
um, get more like God's kingdom perspective of what church is because it's far greater than what religion's version of church is. And we need a paradigm shift. Amen. All right, you can leave that up or you can take it down either way, but I'm moving on. If you got your Bibles and hopefully you prophetically knew to already have it opened to Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 19. I still have a lot to cover. And this, this series that I'm on from Matthew 16... Actually, like the, there's, there's just so many, I've probably preached about five, four or five messages so far, just from this passage. Probably could go on for another month or two if I really wanted to. Look out, I might. Now I'm hoping to wrap it up. But, but this is actually, a, it's a very apostolic teaching, okay? This is actually bringing heaven's blueprint concepts of what this passage actually means. And so I'm really trying to, trying to bring that perspective to this. Let's dive in. <clears throat> Simon Peter, okay, Jesus asked, who do people think I am? And, and they're like, well, some think you're Elijah, some think you're John the Baptist, other prophets. And Jesus is like, well, who do you say I am? And so Peter answers in verse 16. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And that's not the part I want to focus on today, but I do want to just throw this at you because I was was kind of meditating on this today. That um, Jesus was surrounded by 12 disciples who had been doing ministry with them. They knew he was, in the very least, a very anointed prophet. Um... And they saw him do signs and wonders, and it was amazing. But thus far, they didn't really have a concept, probably, that literally the Messiah, the promised Messiah for thousands of years, was standing right next to them. He was their rabbi. That was their teacher. They knew he was probably the greatest person around. But, um, but up until that time, like if you read through the Gospels, there, there's very few times when people actually confessed from their own heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, okay? And the reason is because when Jesus came to this earth, um, he came actually cloaked in humanity. And so his humanity actually became a veil from, from the natural realm to, of the spirit of who he truly was and is, okay? And so, it, like, God actually intended to hide Jesus, not, not so much from the people, but for the people, all right? But, he, but there were times when Jesus even said, like, when somebody confessed who, are, like, who you are, you're the, you're the Christ, Son of the living God, Jesus actually said, don't tell anybody. Like, like you and me, we'd be like, go tell everybody you can and post it on Facebook and Instagram too, all right? But Jesus like, don't tell anybody, but you just entered into the kingdom, right? You just, you just connected with the kingdom You've seen me in the spirit now. You know who I truly am. Don't tell people. And the reason is because he didn't want people to just um, think, like believe in who he is from a flesh level. He knew that the only way that people can actually tap the resource of heaven within him was was to know who he is through the spirit, okay, through revealing of himself. Does that make sense? But, but there were other people who did see Jesus for who he was, and those people are called demons, all right? Because there were times when Jesus showed up, can you believe it? He'd be like preaching, and it's, it was kind of like church, it was synagogue, like right there in church, and there's like demon-possessed people manifesting. Whoa, probably happens today too, people with demons showing up in church, just going to say. But uh, not that we think that, that would ever happen. But the demons actually, um, when, they, when they saw Jesus show up, they knew exactly who he was, and it freaked them out. They would convulse, and, and, and they would just spew out of the, of the mouth of the possessed person. And, and they would say, we know who you are. You're the son of the most high God. And, and Jesus would tell them to be silent. Don't say another word, and then he cast them out, right? And 
it's pretty amazing that, you know, Jesus was around thousands and thousands of people, like, all the time, and nobody could tell who he was because he was cloaked in humanity, but demons saw him, and they knew exactly who he was, and the reason is because demons function from the spirit realm. So they didn't see Jesus in his humanity, cloaked. They actually saw him from the realm that he truly lived out from, the spirit realm. How many of you guys know that you're, you're a spirit with a soul and you live in a body? And most people are, are functioning their lives from the soul level and from the body level and barely ever dip into the spirit level, but that's the realm where you actually get to see the kingdom. Okay? And so the, the demons saw Jesus for who he was. More, I, would, I would assume in the spirit realm that Jesus was probably radiating in some amazing glory that was cloaked to the natural eye. And the demons knew this is the ancient of days. They saw the person who kicked them out of heaven and it freaked them out. They knew that they were looking at an eternal man. The other people thought they were looking at a 33-year-old. They saw somebody who's been here for eons and eons and beyond that. You guys see the picture here? So, so it's amazing, but Jesus is actually wanting people to actually be able to see him from the spirit level so we can see who he truly is beyond the cloak of the flesh, all right? I've, I've read this to you guys, but out of the Passion Translation, um, there's, a, there's a note in there by Brian Simmons that talks, oh wait, <laughs> I didn't even finish reading that passage, did I? Back to the Word. <laughs> Matthew 16, I'm going to read the whole passage now, 16 through 19, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Why don't you guys declare that with me? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, all right? And Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So it actually took God himself to open the eyes of this natural man to be able to see Jesus beyond his cloaked humanity, to be able to see the Ancient of Days inside of him. To be able to see the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that Jesus is not just a man, he's deity in a man's body. All right? So Jesus was excited that finally somebody who I love has actually seen from the Spirit knows who I am now. This is a big day. This is a big day for Jesus, all right? And so he continues, and he says, I say to you that you are Peter. And the, and the word Peter in, in Hebrew, sorry, in Greek is Petros, all right? You are Petros. And so he actually changed Peter's name from Simon to Petros. We call him Peter, all right? And so, and he says, on this rock, so Petros actually means rock, but it, but it actually means like a small rock or a piece of a larger rock, okay? Petros is a small rock, piece of a larger rock. He says, upon this rock, and he didn't say Petros, he said Petra, okay? Petra, Petra actually means huge rock, like foundation rock, like even mountains could be called a Petra rock, okay? So he says, he says I'm going to call you Petros, and on this Petra, this rock, I will build my church, and, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so, like Jesus literally, he saw Peter having the spirit of revelation of who Jesus was, and because he saw who Jesus was, the very revelation that he had of who Jesus is, Jesus brought him into that revelation, changed his name, changed his identity to, to reflect the very revealing of who Jesus Christ is on this man that followed Jesus. So revelation actually brings transformation into the, the manifestation of who Jesus is and how he revealed to you. You guys good? Got three people. We're doing good. All right, Lord, grow this. All right, so he says on this rock, this, this rock is the revelation, the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I, he says on this revelation, this rock, it's going to be the foundation of all foundations, this revelation of who I am. 
You, you know me from the Spirit, and I can take that, and I can build. He said, I will build my ecclesia. The church is ecclesia in the Greek, all right? I will build my ecclesia on this rock, on this, the revelation of who I am. I'm going to build this thing, and it's going to be so powerful. He says, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That's powerful. Like, but outside of God's kingdom, Hades is the most powerful thing that's ever existed. But he's saying, I'm going to build a church, and the gates of Hades cannot prevail against it. Come on. That's amazing. And so what did Jesus need to build his church on? The revelation of Christ, and what about, what's that? That Jesus is the Son of the living God. So, so the, the foundation of the ecclesia is the revealing of the true Christ himself. Amen? Amen. You, guys, you guys follow me? Yeah. All right. He's, and then he goes on. This, is, this gets even better. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Are you serious? Think about heaven. He says, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. I'm going to give you access to heaven. What? And then he says, whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's powerful. So now it's not just a church. <laughs> it's not just Sunday school. Like, it, no, it, this is actually, it's actually going into the domains of hell and taking ground and bringing heaven to earth. Come on. So back to what Brian Simmons says. I, I read this to you last, last time, but he says the Greek word for church, and he's talking about in this same passage, is ekklesia, and it means the legislative assembly or selected ones. He says this is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek. So even outside the Bible, the word ekklesia is talking about that, right? A governmental thing. For a people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. Whoa. For Jesus to use this term means that he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. Wow. That sounds a lot bigger of a deal to God than just showing up to Sunday morning services. Okay? Those are important. Those are important. All right, but, uh, but now I, I get to dive in, okay? The gates of Hades will not prevail. And the, the last, my last sermon on this, I, I went heavy on this, uh, talking about how I, I, I used to read this passage and think that Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my church, and there's going to be spiritual warfare come against it, but don't worry, they won't win. Because that's, that's what... We're taught a lot, and, and maybe there's references in other verses that that will apply to, but this passage specifically is absolutely not what it's talking about. This is not talking about, I get my church, I'm going to build my church, but then it's, there's going to be spiritual warfare, but, we'll, but we'll, we'll win. That's not what he's saying. Because gates, he says, he says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. And you think about gates, gates are not offensive weapons, so they're not army tanks and jets, all right? That's not the sword and the spear. A gate is not offensive, it's actually a defensive weapon. It's a shield of a city, so there's fortifications around cities to try to protect the enemy from being able to come into that turf. So it's, it's a way to try to protect its own place from something else coming in. You get the picture? And so when Jesus says this, uh, he he's specifically is implying that I'm going to build my church, and the church is actually going to come into the domains where Satan has principalities established, and it's going to come against it so powerfully that the gates will not be able to win against the force that the church is bringing into that place. Come on. And so the, the church 
is on the offense, not on the defense. Come on. This is God's version of the church. Not religion's version of the church, God's version. Everybody say this, the church is on the offense, not on the defense. So we're carrying the football. <laughs> you got it? We're, we're, we're the ones who are, who are taking ground, all right? So Jesus builds his church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail. The church is greater than it looks to the natural eye, just like Jesus was, all right? He was surrounded by people who thought he was a great anointed teacher, but it took the revealing to, to peer past the veil, the cloaking of humanity, to be able to see who he truly was, where he's on the outside, he's living in this finite world, but on the inside, he actually is taking dominion of a spirit realm that's bigger than this earth. And so, like, the revealing of who Jesus was from the spirit level was way more powerful than anybody could ever imagine the humanity, the, the anointed humanity, humanity to be, okay? And that's the same thing with the ecclesia, that if we could see it from God's eye, from the spirit realm, is far more greater, far more powerful than what we think with the cloaking of humanity that we call the church, I agree with this. So the church is greater than the natural eye. Okay? I approve of this message. <laughs> Thank you. So the, the church, uh, this is God's word, all right? And we've got to understand, this is, this, is, this is all with the presumption that the church is functioning the way the church is supposed to function. Because there's a lot of church activity that's probably not actually kingdom activity. But when the church lives out its true identity, you've got to know this, that the church will expand the domain of God's kingdom. Okay? It, it just does. Like, you don't have to try hard. You just have to live the kingdom and do the right things, and God does the rest. But the kingdom has to expand. It says in Isaiah 9, it's a prophecy about Jesus coming, and it says the government will be upon his shoulders, and of the increase of his government and his peace, it will never end. His kingdom doesn't shrink, it doesn't retract, it just grows, or it goes stagnant if people aren't being obedient and in faith. But, but God... It, when we partner with him, like there is no stopping growth from happening. Amen. Kingdom expansion, amen? All right, so it, presuming that the church co-labors with Jesus, it will overtake the fortifications of principalities and it will crush them. All right? Now we've got to remember we're talking about the church, not individual people. Okay? You've got to keep that in mind. The territory of God's kingdom, and, and you've got to always remember in this whole context, the word kingdom means the king's domain. So it's the territory where there's rulership of the king. So the kingdom of God, Jesus is the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords, and everywhere his kingdom is, the king has dominion there. Okay? So the territory of God's kingdom, the king's domain will increase, it will crush Satan, it will plunder his kingdom, and it will establish the king's domain in that territory. Come on. The main passage, sorry, the main focus of this passage is actually not, um, it's not focused on hell, Okay, that's in there, but that's not actually the main point. The main point of this passage is heaven and us bringing heaven into the midst. Okay, so prevailing over hell or Hades happens because we are bringing the kingdom of heaven and releasing captivity free, making captives free. All right. It's not because we're primarily focused on fighting the devil, all right? We, we, we give him the attention that he needs to give him the boot here and there, but, 
but we, our focus is not on the problem, it's on the solutions, and that's bringing the kingdom into place, amen? So this happens more effectively by being focused on bringing heaven to earth. The crushing of strongholds will happen as a byproduct of living on this mission to expand God's kingdom. I'm going to have you guys repeat that with me. The crushing of strongholds will happen, it will happen, as a byproduct of living on this mission to expand heaven on earth. There's a lot of spiritual warfare ministries that, like, that's the, that's the main point of the whole thing. It's like, and, and there's a lot of devil focus. There's a lot of demon and principality focus. And, okay, so you're focused more on the devil. I want to be focused more on God's kingdom and bringing that in. Because the devil can't stand a chance when he shows up. Okay? So God, he's actually calling us to be atmosphere shifters. Shifting atmospheres, being, being so connected with heaven that, that as we walk around this earth, we're actually bringing heaven's atmosphere with us everywhere we go. Yeah. And when, that, when heaven's atmosphere shows up, it is the dominant atmosphere, things change. So we're releasing heaven to earth in places that were once occupied by Hades. Okay? How many of you guys know that, that when Satan was cast out of heaven, he came to the earth, Adam and Eve relinquished the, the actual authority that God gave to them to take dominion of this earth. They handed that over to Satan legally, and then he became what we call the lowercase g, God of this world, and then he started setting up principalities and powers all over this place, and he was the Lord of this place, and, and so there's the kingdom of darkness, and there's the kingdom of light. And so the, this earth is, is filled with people for centuries and centuries and, and millennia being born into captivity and, and Satan's lordship. All right, But Jesus came to break that whole thing, and he came not only, to, he died on the cross, and he resurrected to set you and me free from all captivity in the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say this, he who the sun set free, he who the sun set free is, free indeed. is free indeed. Come on. It's a good word. That's living in the kingdom of God. But he also came to build his church upon the revelation of Jesus Christ being manifested in our midst. Build his church, and he says the gates of Hades cannot prevail against my church. So it's just, it's just pretty crazy, like, you think about this, like, like, where he's establishing church, it literally is taking dominion in the spirit realm. And he's not trying to build church just unto itself, but it's actually to, to, bring, to be hosts of heaven on earth. To, to bring that to this domain this, on this earth. Okay? And, and I, I told you the testimony of Joaquin Evans taking a ministry team to the hospital in Nebraska. And they, didn't, they wanted to pray for people for healing, and they didn't get to except for maybe a couple of people. But they, were, but they did pray just for God's presence to come into the place, and they just prayed over the place together as a team. And then they left, and it was like, okay, we got to pray for two people and pray on site. Praise you, Jesus. And then, and then you know, over the next couple of months, this was in the fall time, over the couple, next couple of months, they found out that the, that gen, it was a general, sorry, it was a, it was a regional hospital, and it, it had been loaded with people who were sick. It was during flu season. And so over the next few weeks after they did that, people started getting healed and leaving, and other people were not coming back. And so that, that hospital that was packed with people was reduced down, I think he said, to a half capacity within just a couple of weeks of them going there. That's crazy. 
But then it just kept going down and down and down until it was like a third capacity. That's, a, that is, that's not just a miracle, that's a regional miracle. Because it doesn't just mean that people got healed and left the hospital. It meant that there was health that actually landed on a region that kept other people from getting sick for several months and needing to go to the hospital. That's, that's mega. It's amazing. But we just we need to understand that when we're connected to heaven and we're we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and when we come together as the ecclesia, we come together in unity and we and we knit our hearts together. And Jesus said, When two or three or more come together in my name and pray about something, I will be there and put my hand on it with you. And so we need to understand that the power of the church in unity, coming together and believing that God can do miraculous things if we just put our hand together on that thing, believe that God will show up. we got to believe that we're seated in heavenly places and that God's given us domain, dominion on this earth. We can actually bring the atmosphere of heaven with us everywhere we go and something is shifting even though you might not see it with your natural eye. It was a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I don't remember exactly how long ago now, about two weeks, maybe three weeks, we met here, a few of us, to go prayer walking. We, pray, we wanted to pray around this neighborhood and, and just wanted to release heaven and blessing. And some people went through the, the business areas, some people went through down the roads back there through the neighborhoods where people live, apartments over here and wrapped around this whole area. And it was awesome. But we just went in faith. I don't know that I'd say that we felt like anything crazy profound happened, but we, we did it in faith. And I just want you guys to know, like when we do these kind of things, I am believing that we're connected with heaven and we're releasing heaven onto earth through faith. Okay? And that things shift. And we're not going trying to find demons to rebuke, and we're not going trying to find, all right, God, tell me what sin that household has in it so I can just speak to that thing. No, we're releasing angels and ministering spirits and Holy Ghost and shifting their hearts, drawing people to Jesus, and, and just blessings and healings, whatever, whatever God shows us to do. And I, I believe that that's, a, that's an important thing that we need to do more often I really do. This might not sound like a big deal to you, but to me it was. We, we need to be able to celebrate small things in big ways, amen? Um, so you might think I'm weird for this, and that's totally cool. I'm used to feeling like people think I'm weird, especially right here in front of y'all. <laughs> um, I, I've grown numb to the weird feeling. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> Amen. This past Sunday, we, we celebrated Josh and Lisa Starbuck, and we had a, we had a pitch in afterwards, and, and there was a young couple deep into that time who, who came into the church looking for the pastor because they, they had a need to see if, if I could help them with something. But, but they, they live like just right over here in one of the apartment complexes that we prayed over. And like... I, I, it turned out I couldn't help them. That's not my point. But, um, but the, sorry, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's, it's, you don't need to know. But anyway, the, the point is we've been here, we, we've been a church here for five, almost five years, and that's the first time that we've had anybody who lived in the local neighborhood find out about Overflow and come in here to see what, what's here. So, you know, I don't know if anything will ever come of those guys, that, that couple. I don't know. Like, that's not my point. My point is that I felt like God said, look at what just happened right after you guys just prayed in the neighborhood. Something's shifting. There, 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 uh, to me, it was a sign that something's shifting. And, and it just tells me, like, we need more of that. Amen? Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whoa, man. 
that. That, that's, you don't want to just gloss over that like, and just get on to, with your daily read. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What, Jesus, do you mean by that? I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That sounds so powerful. I thought I was going to get into this part the last time I preached, but you know what happens, right? You guys needed Shonies, and that's what happened. I'm just joking. No, it was too much for me to try to go into it. But, but on that Saturday, I was reviewing my notes and just, I was, I was reading my notes for this message, and, and I was soaking and just trying to connect with God, and I started feeling God's presence Come on me while I was just meditating, especially on this concept. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I started just feeling something cool, like in my spirit. And, but Jessica was in a meeting during that time, and so I had somewhat responsibility to the kids. <laughs> and they kept interrupting me. And I'm like, I, I, I was about ready to give them a swift, you, you know what. I'm just kidding. But they kept interrupting me, and I was, I was trying to focus, but I, I was starting to have this encounter. And then I heard a knock on the door, and I'm like, man, I'm, a, I'm about to tell them what they're about to start doing. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, and I was right in the middle of this presence, and the Holy Spirit was like, just listen. Just, just listen, listen to her heart. And so I paused what I was doing, and it was Livy. And... Uh, yeah, I wanted to tell her she can't, that she needs to stop bothering me for a while. But I just felt like I needed to give her my attention. And, and so when she came in, like I, she didn't know that I was processing, almost rebuking her. <laughs> so when the door opened, I'm happy dad, right? <laughs> Worked that one out before. That was good. Good one, Jesse. She walked in, and, and, and she held this thing up. She said, look, Dad, I have a key. She held this up. I have a key. And I asked her what it is, and she says, it's a key to heaven. And apparently she got this in children's ministry back in March, and they're having encounters, and like God was giving them revelations and stuff in an encounter. But she had never shown me this before. She didn't know what I'm preaching on. I mean, she's six, right? But right when I'm meditating on that, I'm feeling God's presence about, I'll give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. She walks in, Daddy, I have a key. What is it? It's a key to heaven. That, that was amazing. And it was like the Lord wasn't just confirming, like, this is a right message. Because, I mean, it did do that. It's like, cool. Thank you, Lord. Now I know this is okay to preach. <laughs> More than that, he was confirming to me the truth that he fully means what he's saying about giving us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's not a normal thing, you know, that she came in like that. All right, so keys represent access. Keys represent access, right? Because you get a key, you can open a door that you couldn't have without the key. So it gives you access, right? Keys also represent authority. Not anybody, not just anybody can get a key. You get authorized to the access. So you have access, you have authority with a key. Amen? You guys doing all right? So I want us to consider this in the context where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. Okay? Let's just consider this. The ecclesia is being built into Satan's dominion and expanded into his dominions. Okay? That's what Jesus is saying. Like he didn't, he actually, when Jesus came to build his church, it wasn't like, oh, we're going to put a church here and it's, you know, a few miles away from Satan's, you know, his castle. And so when you guys come, like, you know, when you get there, this is going to happen. No, like Jesus literally 
built his church right into Satan's domain. <laughs> like, he's not like, let's, let's find some, you know, a free space over here, and I'll start it, and then we'll go. No, no, this whole place was actually his, and Jesus like, no, sorry. I'm just going to plop it right here, and you're done for. So, like, from the get-go, the gates of Hades were already getting crushed the moment he started his church. And so everywhere that the church expands the kingdom of God from that place, it's continuing going into domains and crushing Satan's kingdom. That's powerful. So it crushes through gates. It plunders his kingdom. It takes dominion. And it brings the kingdom of heaven right onto the earth. And it displaces hell everywhere it goes. It's amazing. Revelations 12, 11, it says that, it's talking about the believers in, in Satan. It says they overcame him. Everybody say they overcame him. Overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not live their lives to death. All right, so that's a prevailing power that we have. In Luke 10, verse 18 through 19, Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority. That's the Greek word exousia. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. He's talking about demons. And over all the power of the enemy, that word power is dunamis. It's, the, it's like the muscle power, not authority power, okay? I give, and the reason why he specifically said dunamis power, not authority power, is because Jesus has already taken all authority back from Satan, and he has none except what people will give them on their own choice. I'll give you the authority to trample over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on. Everybody say this. We're on the offense, not the defense. We're on the offense, not the defense. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So these keys that he's given, according to Matthew 16, 16 through 19, specific context, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Is talking to people who actually have a revelation of who Jesus really is. Function from the flesh, and you probably aren't holding the keys very well. From the spirit, connected to Jesus, give you the keys. But it also is in context with his people being an active part of his ecclesia church. Okay, the church that Jesus is building, like he is not saying to people who have, have no regard for the church or have anger towards the church and don't want to be a part of it. That's not who he's actually talking to here. He's talking to people who are actually a living, active part of the body of Christ, the ecclesia. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Not everybody can swallow these things I'm saying, but it's truth. And Jesus is the one who gives the keys, okay? It's Jesus. It comes from him. So we don't have these keys on our own accord or our own strength. We have to understand this comes from Jesus, not from ourself, all right? And when we try on our own strength, it's actually very dangerous, <laughs> all right? How are you guys doing? My, uh, my expectation of where I'm going to land today is getting adjusted fast. <clears throat> this is like a chronic disease. It just happens every, day, every week. I don't mind this disease if it is one, I guess. There's too much to say to fit it all in one message. Like, I mean... <laughs> takes a lifetime to teach the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It is for people who are hungry. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, keys of the kingdom. Listen to this. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. What do keys do? They, they unlock doors. 
I'm going to give you the ability to unlock the doors of heaven. Keys represent access, and they represent authority. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm actually giving you not only permission, but ability. Open the doors of heaven right here on this earth. Where does it open into? Where I build my church. Like God actually designed it for heaven to flood into the earth through his church. That's amazing. And we talk about open heavens. Guess what? Open heavens. He's given you the keys. Come on. He opens gates of heaven. He opens windows of heaven. He gives you the keys. Powerful. <clears throat> Jesus is building his church into territories that the devil had occupied. <laughs> Jesus kicked Satan out of heaven down to earth. And now here, he's making earth his footstool. He's making his enemies his footstool. So like where the devil thought, all right, I don't have heaven, let me have earth. Now he's down here, he's like, oh, I'm getting crushed by the feet of Jesus. And this is even worse. It's not just Jesus. I'm getting crushed by his people who I thought I was better than. I'm getting crushed by the Christians, by the church. It's kingdom expansion. We're releasing the authority of heaven onto the territory the territories where we have stormed the gates of hell. <clears throat> if, if you know history and, and different wars and stuff on this earth, like nobody, nobody probably thinks war is an amazing thing. If you do, you know, if people think war is amazing, they're probably warped. Okay? Like it, it's, it's horrible that wars even have to ever happen. And the only reason they ever have to happen is because of fallen mankind for one reason or another. I'm not saying wars shouldn't happen. Sometimes they need to because we want peace, but war often is what's between here and true peace. Okay, to, to, to crush through the, the victimizers and, and to, to bring justice to people who are being treated bad. You know what I'm saying? But like, you, you, you think about history and <clears throat> wars that actually were there to take other people's land to make it your own. Like, that's usually not a great thing either, right? Unless if it's for justice, as I was saying. But, but a lot of the times it was just greed. But, but still, like, so we know that. But you know, I just want you to see the picture in earth terms. Like, you, you got armies and, there, and there's one that wins, and they crush it, and then the other one, like, they either die or they yield, and then that, then that nation comes in, and they start setting up their, their ways, right? They set up their government, and they make it their nation, their people, and, and they, so they're, they're trying to transform that place into the same thing where it started from. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's... Most situations on earth, that's not good because it's like innocent people lost important things or whatever. But, we can't, but, but I want you to still see that imagery a little bit when it comes to spiritual warfare, kingdom of heaven coming to earth. God's not coming here trying to overtake people in that way. That's where people get messed up with this stuff. Like the crusades and stuff was, you know, that, that was kind of the wrong idea here. But... <clears throat> But, the, but God is actually coming to crush Satan and, and remove all the powers that he has in an area. And we're talking about the people who are actually, whether they know it or not, they're slaves to Satan. They're captives. They're in pr spiritual prisons. And a lot of people don't even know it. But God knows it. And he's coming on their behalf. It's not even on his own behalf fully. It's, it's actually on the behalf of the people to, to break chains off of people and to give them freedom and, full, and wholeness of his kingdom. And so there, there has to be the battle. 
There has to be the crushing of the enemy who had the powers over those people, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's coming, he's crushing the enemy, he's disarming, but then he's reestablishing the dominion of that area and building kingdom into those places, and the kingdom brings blessing. It's not here to, to dominate people, it's here to bless and cover people, to make sons and daughters of a God who loves them very much. You guys see what I'm saying? Like God's not just into spiritual warfare. He's into liberation for people. And he's into justice that, that actually heals, makes people whole, so that he can bring blessing to places. So he's wanting to actually establish the kingdom of heaven in places and shift the cultures of places. The kingdom culture. And so like we, need, we just need to understand He's given us keys. He's given us authority. He's given us access to heaven. But he's not just giving us access to heaven for the purpose of us just having encounters where we get to enjoy, you know, basking in his presence. That's a huge part of it. Thank God. That's for you. Okay? But it's not just about you. It's not just about me. He wants, to, he wants us to live from that place so that we can... That, that's our abode. That's supposed to be the place that we reside with him. Stay filled, stay fresh. But he actually wants us to live out from that place and actually bring kingdom through our lifestyle, through what we carry in the spirit and releasing his presence everywhere he goes, where we go. But it also means that we have to live aligned with his ways which means yielding and surrender to the, to the laws of his kingdom. And it means I've got to lay my life down where I want to do things my way. That doesn't get the kingdom flowing through you. So he, he wants us to, to, to dwell in the kingdom and live according to the kingdom and then bring kingdom so that things shift. And guess what? God actually dreams of Carmel, Noblesville, Westfield, Fishers, Indianapolis, this whole area, like he actually envisions what it would really look like for heaven to come here and transform this place. That's what we're here for. And he's given us keys. He's given us keys. I'm going to talk more about this next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's given us keys. And we've got to learn how to use these things. They're not, they're, he's not looking for a bunch of independent Christians, though. He's looking for a family who lives, who functions like a healthy family and is an ecclesia. And, and guess what? There's actually a government of heaven that comes into this thing. And we've got to learn how to align ourselves that way. That's coming next week. I ran out of time on that one, but you better come or I'm going to chase you down. I'm just kidding. All right. I better mark my notes so I know where to start next time. <laughs> this happens so often. It's so funny. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. All right, guys, why don't you stand with me? There's, there's more coming. I, 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 just, I wish I could have got through more content. Because the, the way we're going to pray, like, there's just more to it. But we're going to do this. I want you right now, um, why don't you guys lift your hands to the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Just ask the Lord to open the eyes of your spirit right now to, to be able to see the Christ See him in the spirit, the king. Lord, I, I pray that you'll, you'll show us who you are. I ask you to open our eyes, Lord, to, to you and to your kingdom right now. You, you told us, Lord, that uh, whoever has not been born again of the spirit cannot see the kingdom. But, but we know that you say that, that if we have been born again of the spirit, we can see the kingdom. I ask you to show us, Lord, help us to see into your kingdom right now. Hmm. 
Help us to, Lord, to, to, to know and to believe at a higher level than ever before that in Christ Jesus we have been seated in the heavenly places. And, Lord, that you actually, have, you've given us access. Lord, you've given us keys. Lord, today we're t- I guess we're talking more about the key being the access. But I pray that you'll show us that, Lord. You've given us full access to you and to your kingdom. Hallelujah. And I, and I believe in that next week we get to focus on the authority part of this. Thank you, Lord. Show us, Lord. And, and, and give people encounters. Give people encounters, Lord. I, I, I pray, pray that you'll deposit a supernatural faith to be able to believe that you've given us the ability to harness heaven. Thank you, Lord. Lord, the encounters would be easier. Hmm. Open our eyes to what it really means that we're kingdom people. Open our eyes to what it really means, Lord God, that you, you've entrusted your kingdom to your church, Lord, and that, that that's, that's the way you do this. Bless each person right now. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen.